great Odin's raven. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. This is, this is ridiculous. Okay, I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. Hello everyone and welcome to Film Pulse Weekly, episode 9. My name is Adam and with me today we have Kevin coming to us live from his new place. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, how was the... did you finish with the move? Yes. Everything is moved, unpacked. I'm ready to go. So, like uh, the other podcast that we did where you dropped the ball, I dropped the ball this week. I didn't get anything done because I was moving, of course. Well, that's okay. Um, how many movies did you end up seeing? Just one? <clears throat> two. I, got, I did get two. to see two movies. <clears throat> okay. Well, I saw a ton, so I'm sure that'll make up for it. Um, today we're going to be doing a monthly segment we call Loved Then Hated. I don't know. We can probably come up with a better title for that in the future. But basically it's just a movie that we revisit from our past that we used to love, but we have grown to hate Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have everyone's favorite segment, Ryan Watches a Movie. This week we made him watch the original 1981 Clash of the Titans in honor of this week's Wrath of the Titans opening in theaters. Uh, but let's first go over what we watched this week. Mm. Okay. Uh, let's let's talk about Dreams of a Life since that's the one that um, we both saw. This documentary is insane. I can't believe that this is a real story. It just blows my mind. This documentary came out, uh, I think, last year, 2011, right? Directed by Carol Morley. And basically it's about this woman. Her name's Joyce Vincent. She lived in North London and she died. And the problem with that was she was left in her apartment for three years before anyone found her. <laughs> the TV was left on. She was in the process of wrapping Christmas presents. Which makes it even more bizarre. And she died, and no one knew about it for three years. Yes. And when they, they found her skeleton. Yeah, they found her completely decomposed body. They didn't even... They weren't even able to identify her. They had to use dental records. Basically, the the film is about... There's a lot of um, reenactments with what happened. And the filmmakers sought out people that knew her in the past. And they end up finding a whole bunch of people that either worked with her or former roommates, uh, former lovers, and just tried to put together who this person was correct and it was it was very interesting since there wasn't a whole lot known about her they did have to use actor reenactments to sort of piece together the just the puzzle pieces of this woman's life and try to figure out why she would have been so alone that no one would even realize that she's gone for three years yeah it's yeah, because when I first heard about this story, my thought was, oh, you know, like an old woman or something that didn't have any family. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> my wife was reading about it on The Guardian. And then, you know, she was like, no, she was like 32 or 33 or something like that. 
and she was wrapping Christmas presents. So she was obviously giving presents to someone, unless she just had like a weird thing where she bought Christmas presents at Christmas time and wrapped them and gave them to herself. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and that was the thing. She was apparently a very pretty girl. She had a lot of friends at one time. And she seemed to be a very social person. And yet, here we are. She lives by herself. She has, uh, I don't remember what they said. Was it like three sisters? Two or three yeah, sisters or was, something yeah, like that? Yeah, it was like three sis- three or four sisters. So she had three or four sisters. But, I mean, you would think that they would at least reach out to her. Now... I did read um, online that there was a Q&A with Carol Morley, the writer-director of the movie, and she said that they did later find out that the family did try to contact her during that three-year period, Mm -hmm. but they didn't know. They thought that she moved from the apartment that she was in. They wrote her letters, and when they didn't get responses, they figured that she just moved because she did apparently move quite a bit yeah she didn't really have too much of a stationary lifestyle and i also read that although they weren't entirely sure it seemed like what she was doing when she died was the presents were for her family who she was estranged from and she was going to be trying to get back in touch with her family and try to Mm. patch things up which makes it even more sad yeah yeah so many questions just tons and tons of questions yeah it's very similar to resurrect dead in that it's just this really interesting like weird kind of mystery that like who is this woman and and why was she forgotten and you know it also kind of makes you think like you know is that something that could happen to me could i just be forgotten like that yeah. But, but it, it it raises a lot of questions. But it was odd to see that she did have tons of friends. Yeah. Because essentially yeah. what they did is they, they, Carol Morley, the filmmaker, put an ad in the paper just saying, you know, anyone that knows uh, Joyce Carol Vincent, that they were going to be interviewed. They would just sort of talk about uh, how they knew her and stuff. And they found a bunch of people. And... I like the way that they did it, where they just reminisced about her, mm-hmm. you know, sort of giving her uh, almost almost like an obituary type of deal, because, you know, they talked to the people that broke the story, I guess, for the paper, Yeah, which I never understood. I wish they would have went after them a lot more, because in the beginning, they're talking about how this is such a great story, and it's the number one thing they'll always remember, but when they talk about it later... It sounds like they did an awful job. Because <laughs> well, the, the there was filmmakers, no... yeah, the filmmakers certainly put more together. Yeah, I mean, there was never a picture in the paper, and they had plenty of pictures of her. And I think, according to one of the people that they interviewed, they didn't even put her last name in the paper. They just said it was Joyce. Yeah. Because I remember one of her friends not knowing that it was that Joyce. Yeah. And I mean, to not have a picture. Like, if you're going to, especially someone that's 
they find the skeleton. Well, and that was the other thing that I thought was interesting about the film was that there, up until the end, there was no pictures of her. And that was one thing I wanted to ask you about because they do, in, in some of the reenactments, they show some pictures and things. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was seeing if you thought that that was pictures of the actor playing her. I don't know. I would think that finding that many people that knew her that they were able to come up with pictures. I mean, the, the that one guy, Martin, who was her boyfriend for so many years, what did they say near the end of it? He, she lived with him for like eight months or something, like yeah. the year before she died. So I would imagine that they he would have had some pictures of her. But they didn't, as far as I know, in the movie, they didn't show any pictures of her until the very, very end. Yeah. When they show that little clip where it has her in, like I think all the pictures that they show in the movie are um, the actual actress that's playing her. Yeah, and that's the great. Not only did she know people, she knew famous people. Yeah, she met Nelson Mandela. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was apparently a pretty good singer. I think she just. I don't know what happened there. That's that's what makes it so interesting. Is yeah. that you don't really understand what happened to cause this and the the other uh, bigger question for me just because you know living in the u.s how did like i'm just wondering now like how stuff works in the uk okay like how does your tv stay in one for three years i thought about this too and this was like one of the big questions i had was how can you go for three years without paying any bills and having that be you know having your electricity not get shut off and that type of thing what i've gathered was she must have been on some sort of payment plan where her cable bill and electricity bill must have gotten automatically debited from her bank account Mm. and she apparently was on some sort of government assistance where she received uh, direct deposit uh, okay. assistance from the government. So, because all of that stuff was happening automatically, there was no there was no way. Although apparently, something happened because she ended up getting evicted, and that's how they found her. So I guess the money just so apparently she had enough money for three years. I guess I don't know. I mean, I don't. Very- I don't. <laughs> I wish they would have looked into that more because yeah. I think that that's something that they could have told us in the movie. Like, how how it's possible that none of the neighbors smelled anything or reported the fact the TV was on for three years. Yeah. And that was kind of, I guess, my only criticism with the movie is I, I just I wanted a little bit more closure. Like, there were so many questions that I had at the end of the movie. Yeah. It didn't. It just didn't answer a whole lot of the questions for me. Yeah. Well, I think that from what my thought was that Carol Morley was more going for just to discuss, you yeah. know, and reminisce and talk about Joyce's life and not really get into the other things. Right. Which I thought was a nice gesture, but yeah, it does. You do have like questions at the end. Yeah. I- yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I mean, they were definitely, what they were trying to do, clearly, was to give this completely unknown, forgotten woman, you know, help her name be known. 
Yeah. And I wonder what that says about us. That we're more like, well, I want to know why, how your TV can stay on for three years. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, those are the things that we're really obsessive yeah. about. And we're just sort of like, oh, yeah, I know. A woman died. All right. They didn't find her for three years. But how does your electricity stay on? Well, that, that was the other kind of weird thing about the, the the overall tone of the documentary. Even though it's such a grim subject, the interviews and stuff were kind of upbeat and like a lot of humor and i guess maybe it's because the people that they were interviewing weren't like extremely close to her at least in her later years maybe it was just because they were acquaintances so like her death didn't affect them as much but i always felt like with the exception of uh the the boyfriend they were just kind of nonchalant about the fact that she was in fact dead yeah at any rate very interesting movie. Definitely check that one out. What was the other movie you watched this week? Yesterday, I watched uh, Quad M, which, okay. yes, that's what I call it. Because I still don't know what the hell the name of the movie is. It's ridiculous. I just, I don't know the order of the names. Was it, well, I'm going to try it real quick. Martha, Marcy, May, Marlene, right? There, there you go. Nice. Finally. Finally got it. Now this, um, I actually put this on my list of top 10 horror movies of last year, and I had some people tell me, like, no, it shouldn't be on there, it's not a horror movie, but to me, I consider that a horror movie. I think Yeah, cults. Cults. cults? Yeah, they're scary. Yeah. What did you think of that? I, I enjoyed it. It was definitely, it was a little different than what I was expecting, I had yeah. to admit, but the, the weird thing is i'm sort of screwed like if i miss a movie while it's in theaters since because i don't think that movie came around here so i didn't get to see it but i have netflix you know that's where i get Mm -hmm. my movies from so when they come out on dvd netflix has that weird thing where you have to like wait a month until you can actually get it from netflix yep so if i miss it in the theater i have to wait forever to see movies Mm -hmm. so like that one I I finally got to watch it, you know, like a year and a half after everyone else did. Yeah. So so it's sort of odd. I live in like a different time frame. You're stuck in the past. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like to me, I was like, yes, that movie came out and I can finally see it. Not realizing that it's probably been in Redbox for like the last month and a half. Yeah. And everyone else has seen it. It did come out quite a while ago. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. That's okay. It was still a great movie, and I, I new to me, still new to me. Yeah, my wife did not like it. it. Really? She, she thought it was a huge disappointment. Wow, I loved it. See that that type of movie. I'm I'm always a sucker for that that kind of movie. It's just like that kind of rural decay type. Yeah, thing. and uh, just... Elizabeth Holson was really good in that movie. Yeah. Um. She's, I think that she's got a lot of potential. Yeah, so does the uh, the filmmaker of that. Mm-hmm. Which I forget what his name is. I forget. He did Sean, he did Sh- Sean Durkin, I think, or Durkins. He did um, Shotgun Stories, right? Is that no? No, no, that's, no, no, no that's, that's not it. Take that's not sh- it. Sean yes. Sean Durkin. He also wrote the movie. Yeah, I thought. Um, I, I remember when I first saw 
Martha, Marcy, May, Marlene. I thought that it was, after seeing it, I was like, oh, this must be the same person that did Winter's Bone, but it wasn't. But it has a very similar feel to it. Yeah. And Winter's Bone I liked a lot, too. Yes. I also enjoyed uh, John Hawks. Yeah. John Hawks. That guy's the best. John really, Hawks really great actor. And it still blows my mind every time that when I see him in movies like that, that I remember that he was on the first season of Eastbound and Down. Yeah. Well, he's on. He's on all of them. <laughs> oh, is he? Is he back? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's in the third season too now. Oh, John Hawks is awesome. Yep. Yep. He's back. Even though, like, he's not in every episode or anything, because the majority of the new season of Eastbound and Down takes place in Myrtle Beach. <laughs> <laughs> Myrtle Beach. Yeah. So, uh, well, I saw a whole bunch of movies. Um, now, I think that we'll probably be talking about these in more detail in the later weeks because I know that you're going to be watching some of these. Yes. Um, in the future, I saw 444, Last Day on Earth with Willem Dafoe. Yes. Uh, di- directed by Abel Ferrara. I, I'm going to be watching that soon, and I don't know if I want to see it. <laughs> after <Yes>. talking to you <laughs> well you have to now because you're, <laughs> no. you're, you're gonna be reviewing it for us uh, i know uh, um did not like that at all i thought it was extremely disappointing i i actually hated it it was <laughs> just so bad and i know that it's probably one of those movies where some critics see it and they're just like oh it was like so artistic and abstract and, blah, blah, and i'm like no not feeling it. Not feeling that one at all. I also saw uh, Jess and Moss, which was this little independent film written and directed by a guy named Clay Jeter. He That's his first film, I think. Stars uh, Sarah Hagen, who is not a very well-known actress, but she was in Freaks and Geeks. And Austin Vickers, this is his first acting role. Very, very good movie, and I, I think that I'm going to have you watch that so we can talk about that. On a later show, I saw a Norwegian film, actually reviewed a Norwegian film called Turn Me On, Damn It. You can read the review on the site for that. I believe I gave it a 7 out of 10. Pretty solid comedy, uh, like sex comedy sort of from Norway. The interesting thing was that it, the, it was a female lead, so it was definitely different than what we're used to in the States as far as like those sex comedies go. <clears throat> yeah. Um, kind of, kind of interesting. I would like you to, because I, I always think this is fun. Try and say it in the original language, the title of the movie. (laughs) I can't even, I can't even tell you. I'd like to say who the director is, but I can't even. Janique, Janique Sistad Jacobson. Nice. Is the is the director. Uh, she also wrote it, I believe, and well, it's based on a novel, apparently. Yes, yes, it's based on a novel. I think of the same name, but what I. Do you, I, what, I do you, what do you think that is? O- Oleg, 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 Oleg. I don't know. Uh, I don't. Know. I don't. <laughs> the and original, <laughs> the original titles, Fa Megpa for Fine. Uh, I would, <laughs> Yeah, and I'm gonna know one thing because I have to, I don't even know what those are. What are the circles over the A's? I have no idea. Ignorant American doesn't understand. Yeah, I don't, and I still don't know what the the O with the slash through it. What's that? I don't know what that's called. 
I think the original title um, directly translated is Turn Me On, God Damn It. Oh. But, they, but when they brought it over here, they got rid of the God part. I'm pretty sure. Well, it's don't, quote, just... don't quote me on it. No, quote him. <laughs> Qu- okay, quote me on that. <laughs> That's what it is. Overall, really good. There are certain parts of it that are going to be kind of hard to swallow for an American audience um, because historically in other countries, they are much more liberal about what they can show on film as far as sex. And it is involving a 15-year-old girl. I don't know if she's 15 in real life, but it that part there are certain parts where it's just like, ugh. And it kind of makes you a little bit uneasy, but... I mean, I think that at its core, these kind of movies, I mean, that's what they kind of do. They make you feel uncomfortable because that's how these characters feel in the situations that they're in. Yeah. You know, when you're 15 and you're discovering your sexuality, everything is awkward and uncomfortable and embarrassing. So it's it's unfair to, to compare <laughs> it to... because it still is. You mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Agreed. It's unfair to compare it to American Pie or one of those because it's not on that same level. It's a much, I guess, more sophisticated type of comedy. There's not a whole lot of, like, screwball antics happening where, you know, somebody fucks a pie or something. It's not like that. <laughs> I it's, still, oh my god, I still can't believe that. There are a couple moments like that where there are a couple things, but overall, the comedy is more dialogue based and just the the ridiculous situations that this girl gets herself into, and it's definitely worth checking out. It's playing in theaters right now in select cities. Okay, I saw a movie called The Divide. This is this came out last year, directed by Xavier Jens. He's French. Yes. He's French. <laughs> he did. He di- he wrote and directed a movie called Frontiers, which is a French horror film that I loved. It's one of my probably I don't know. It might make my top ten of horror movies. Just really good. Uh, the Divide is actually a U.S. film about a group of people living in an apartment building. Some kind of stuff goes down outside where we get attacked. It's kind of unclear if it's like a nuclear attack or terrorist attack or what. But basically the people in the apartment building have to all hide in the basement where there's sort of this bomb shelter. And as time goes on, they start to lose their mind and turn on each other. It's kind of your typical doomsday scenario movie it gets it starts off good i'll give it that it definitely starts off good interesting concept but it quickly devolves and the people act so outlandishly insane that it is completely unbelievable and one of the biggest issues that I had in it was they don't tell you how much time is being passed. So it's like, I don't understand. Is it, has it been an hour? Are they going insane in an hour? <laughs> That's has the way been, I like to think of it. Has it been like, is it like five months? <laughs> and it's something so simple. They could just put a title card, you know, up that says a month later, 
30 days later. Anything that gives us an idea of how long they're down there because then it would make more sense. The way that it's filmed, we have no idea how long has gone by. I mean, for all we know, they've only been there for a week and they're already like killing each other and talking about eating corpses. Oh, spoilers. Uh, another spoiler, <laughs> It the movie does get kind of rapey. So, oh, Jesus. So you might want to avoid it because of that. Nothing overtly like horrific but it does get pretty serious towards the end uh that would be a pass for me though it was it was unfortunately not very good at all michael bean is in it t1000 and he he plays your kind of typical doomsday prepper where he thinks that at any moment there's going to be an attack and he kind of stockpiles all this like food and stuff but Ooh, he's not Vance is also in it there's yeah I mean there's some there's some people in it. it it's it's not a super low budget movie uh the dude from heroes is in it that has the kind of crooked mouth that bothers me all the time <laughs> the crooked mouth his name's like me Milo something or other yeah but, I am not even gonna try that last name he was in heroes he was in the uh the new Rocky Balboa movie played Rocky's son. Yeah, I and, never watched uh, Heroes. Well, was, you're not missing anything. Uh, I didn't think I was. Uh, Rosanna Arquette's in it too. She she does a really good job, actually. And I also there's a couple others. I saw Meeting Evil, the new Luke Wilson Samuel L. Jackson movie that's on on demand right now. I'll probably be doing a review on this. I I haven't done a review on it yet. Just absolutely terrible. I'm probably going to end up giving it a 2 or a 3 out of 10. It's so awful. Do not waste your money on this one. It's really bad. Uh, I saw Jeff Who Lives at Home, which is actually really good. You can read in my review of that on the site. I think I gave that a 7.5 out of 10. Just excellent. Probably the Duplass Brothers' best movie as of yet. And uh, finally, I saw a movie called Sleep Tight which is this, uh, it's a Spanish film directed by uh, the guy who did Wreck and Wreck 2. Sleep tight. I never even heard of that. Yeah, I'm going to recommend it to you to, to see. You would, I think you would like it. It's, I guess, considered a horror movie, but it's more of like a thriller, basically. It's about this guy who is like a concierge at this apartment building, and but he also takes care of the maintenance and that type of thing. And he's kind of got a twisted sense of reality. He is extremely depressed and he's never been happy in his life. And his one goal in life is to make everyone as unhappy as he is. So he, what he does is he sneaks into this girl's apartment in the building that they live in. And he kind of messes with her when she's sleeping. Like he'll rub stuff on her, put like put stuff in her perfume that gives her allergies and stuff. He unleashes cockroaches in her apartment every night. Sort of like, uh, like what Emily did. Yeah, it's like but an not, opposite. But not whimsical. <laughs> it's like endearing. the opposite of Amelie. Very, it's uh, kind of twisted. 
Not anything like majorly screwed up happens in it, but there are some twists. Definitely worth checking out, I would say. I think you I think you would like that one. Yeah, it does sound good. So I like the sound of that. Very cool. It's a very cool concept for a movie. I think that does it. I think that's all I saw. I saw a lot of stuff this week. Uh I just want to reiterate that I saw two movies. <laughs> it's funny it's funny because two. normally I don't see as many as I did. I saw I saw eight movies this week. Wow. I saw two. So that definitely makes up for year two. And the one one of them was last night. <laughs> <laughs> so if we would have recorded, you know, a day before, I would have seen one movie. <laughs> uh well that's okay. Nice. No harm in that. Uh, you want to do some Ryan Watches a Movie? Why not? All right, here we go. This is Ryan Watches a Movie, where we get our friend Ryan to watch a movie and report back to us on if it was good or not. Oh, no. Carl, got Welcome back, Ryan. What What do we have you watch this week? Glass button. Clash of the Titans. This is the original 1981 version. Clash of the Titans, directed by Desmond. Is it Desmond Davis or Desmond Davies? Yes, man. I have no idea. No, I would. I'm gonna go Davis. Okay. I see Davis. Direct, directed by Desmond Davis. Written by Beverly Cross. Uh, the film stars Lawrence Olivier, Harry Hamlin, Claire Bloom, uh, among. Many other somewhat big names of the 70s, Maggie Smith, uh, Ursula Andress. Now, this is produced by Ray Harryhausen, who is a very, very prolific special effects maverick, you could say. He's not a maverick in this. <laughs> Let's go ahead and listen to the trailer for Clash of the Titans, and then we'll come back and talk about it. Provide him with suitable weapons. Weapons of divine temper. A helmet, a shield, a sword. Find and fulfill your destiny. The myth. The magic. The mystery. The majesty. Destroy Argos! Let loose the last of the Titans. Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer presents Clash of the Titans. The good, the evil, the danger, the daring. How may a mortal man face and defeat the Kraken? Clash of the Titans. The combat. Okay. What'd you think, Ryan? Uh, I, okay. I want to start off by saying that I thought this was going to be good and, you know, be like one of my higher scores. But it was f***ing awful. <laughs> the story was alright, but the effects were terrible. I mean, as as I was saying earlier, Star Wars had less of a budget and it was made before this movie. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> this movie looks 
like it was made 20 years before Star Wars came out, but it didn't. Um, <laughs> let me go ahead and read the, the IMDb synopsis. It's a film adaptation of the myth of Perseus and his quest to battle both Medusa and the Kraken monster to save the princess Andromeda. It's got a 65% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's kind of considered a classic, a classic epic. Classic um, piece of shit. <laughs> was, did, you, did you find Clash of the Titans to be an epic entertainment spectacular? Um, as, the, as the tagline reads. I was hoping for all of that, and I got none of that. Uh, did you did you feel the power, live the adventure, experience the fantastic? I got, I wanted to live the adventure, but I could not. I'll tell you who did. Before I forget, I'll tell you who did live the adventure. Who's that? It was a guy that Adam, the clip that I emailed there, where the guy picked up sword, and he literally chopped a cinder block in half mm-hmm. with the sword. Yeah. Dude, that happens and, all the time. I do that every day <laughs> in my backyard. Just for fun, <laughs> chopping cinder blocks. Yeah, <laughs> what? It, yeah, we've been doing that since like the fifth grade. My bad, I forgot. I think it's going to be an Olympic sport this year, cinder block chopping. God, I hope so. If it was uh, an Olympic sport, this movie would win the gold medal every year. Would it? Did you, let me ask you, Ryan, did you see the new, the 2010 Clash uh, of the Titans? No, I have not, but I want to watch I, this movie. Maybe I want to watch that. Yeah, maybe uh, you should... Give that one a watch and see which one's better. I saw part of the new Clash of the Titans, and I didn't like it at all. That was horrible. And we we're gonna have a review up for Wrath of the Titans soon. At some point tonight, we'll have that review up. That one wasn't too good either. Oh, well, see, I was in. I'm in the like mythology and all that kind of shit and I was into it in high school. <laughs> yeah, I remember you were into that. Yeah, I remember you being into that shit. I was in Latin class and in mythology. And it, you know, it interests me. But like I said, this movie story, okay. It kind of goes away. There's a few... Minor discrepancies between this and Homer's poem, um, which is, you know, what it's based on. The story is not that bad. The effects, the movie, the acting, terrible. Absolutely terrible. You're telling me that Laurence Olivier as Zeus is not, is not good? I, I don't... It makes me feel like a moron for saying that, but I thought it was terrible. <laughs> well, it, it might be. Maybe it's because of the time we're living in right now, but I feel like if I saw this movie 10, 15 years ago, I'd still hate it. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
Well, a lot of people saw this movie. I never saw this movie. I'm assuming, Kevin, did you see this movie? I don't think so. I don't think I saw it. And, I mean, Ray Harryhausen is a pretty big name. This was his last film that he did visual effects for. But well, he was... That... He, he, he's famous for stop motion animation. Yeah, he's famous yeah. for the old school way of doing special effects. That that's why this looks so terrible. Mm. Because mm. most of the effects are stop motion. Yeah. You could like it, when you look at it, you can tell they're I mean, classy. It's pretty crazy to think though that for this movie it was just him and two assistants. That did all the special effects. Yeah, he's he is a pretty big name guy, and he he produced most of the movies that he did the visual effects for as well. I mean, even though it wasn't even though it wasn't directed by him, it's basically his movie. Pretty I much, oh, yeah. One thing that I'd like to mention, and I guess that it pertains to this movie as well. I don't understand why. Hollywood consistently gets these Greek mythology movies wrong. It's all it's all there for you. It's already like the story is already there. All yeah. you got to do is film it and get actors and you know put some special effects in. Like, why are these like Immortals sucked? The Clash of the Titans remake sucked. Wrath of the Titans sucks. Like, why do they keep getting these wrong? Because the yeah. My guess is probably the director is so prissy that he wants to do everything his way or no way. And he just ends up f***ing up. Inside information. Yeah. From Ryan. I, I talked to the director of this movie a couple of days ago. <laughs> I, told, I told him how terrible it was. I talked to him and I said, you know what, <laughs> Desmond... <laughs> Dude, what were you thinking? He was like, bro, <laughs> it was a different time. So, how, how'd the Kraken look? Like Godzilla. <laughs> was actually like Godzilla. <laughs> it looked like Godzilla with two or four arms. Uh, was it a person in a suit? Uh, no. No, it's probably it was a minute. Stop motion. It looked like it was something. It looked like it was clay. Okay, yeah. so it was stop motion. Like on the um, on the poster image, it looks like it might have been like a person or something dressed up. That would have been even more epic. Well, judging from the trailer, I mean, it looked like the uh, the horse, the Pegasus thing looked pretty cool. Uh, yeah, that was cool. Till the other video that I sent you that happened, <laughs> where the. F- Guy was trying to corral Pegasus and he lassoed him and tried the lasso like he didn't nod it. He t- he like looped it around the stick and that was good enough to get it done. It was so funny. Uh, the other night I just get I start getting all these emails from Ryan emailing me <laughs> clips. <laughs> Of the movie as he's watching it. <laughs> and he emails me this clip of them just wrapping this rope loosely around this stick that's in the sand. <laughs> and it just has the caption that says, like, I think I think that a winged horse might require more than just that, but I'm not an expert. 
that's funny. I th- yeah, I think they are. That's one of their weaknesses. So if you tie into a stick that's in sand, that's the mm, one weakness, yeah. you know. Vegas is a pussy anyway. Okay. Uh, I'm not a fan. <laughs> wow. I'm, I'm not a... <laughs> wow. I'm not a, I'm not a fan of this. You're not a fan of Pegasus? No. Is his name Pegasus, or is the breed oh. of the horse a Pegasus? I always uh, thought it was a Pegasus. Pegasus like that's the came type. from... And his name is, there... like, Randall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there were 12... Randall the Pegasus. <laughs> Zeus had 12 horses, and... They were all killed except for one of them. They were all winged and they were all killed. Okay. Except for one. And that was Vegas. So I assumed the horse was actually called Vegas. I always thought it was like the breed. I always, I always thought that a winged horse was called a Pegasus. I'm just going to call it a winged horse. <laughs> <laughs> winged horse. At least it's not a fire mare. <laughs> yeah, which, what was better? What do you like more, the Pegasus or the fire mare? I'm in the fire mare more. You're in the fire mare camp? Yeah. yeah they, the, they seem cooler. They're more exciting. Now, I think, uh, didn't Crawl come out right around this time? I think it was like either the same year or right before or right after. Oh, well. Guess they decided 1981... The year I was born, I guess they decided to make all these shitty movies. <laughs> the crawl was uh, 80, 83, was crawl. Yeah, that's ours. That's our year. And, uh, uh, <laughs> you have Clash of the Titans, <laughs> we have crawl. Yes. Okay, let's give you a drum roll, and then uh, let's well, see what your score is. I need, I need to say one more thing. In okay. this movie, for no apparent reason... There's nudity. The nudity does not pertain to the story at all. It's a naked girl walking around. Hmm. Uh, this was made... (laughs) 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 This was made in 1981, and it's rated PG. So this this was... This came out before PG-13. Well, I definitely, I definitely saw boobs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I love how you just said that, right? <laughs> I love it. I saw boobs. <laughs> okay, let's give you a drum roll. What did you give Clash of the Titans 1981? <laughs> what? <laughs> Let's try that again. What what did you give Clash of the Titans 1981? Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to play the drum roll, and you say it during the drum roll, and then I'm going to play the cymbal crash. All right? All right. Do you not understand the concept? I'm going to play the drum roll, and while the drum roll is playing, you say the score. And then I'll do the cymbal crash. Here we go. 
<laughs> oh, that was a nightmare. <laughs> so that's a four out of ten. <laughs> Ten for Clash of the Titans. Oh my god. We've done that how many times before? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. That, that, was, that was the best. Would you recommend Clash of the Titans to for somebody like to rent or just skip it? Well, I'd say it's worth a rent. Like you said, the sword's alright. So if you are just interested in the story... Then it's alright. <clears throat> but if you're watching and to be impressed, you're not gonna be impressed. What we're gonna have you do is uh, this week we're gonna have you watch the remake of Clash of the Titans, and then next week on next week's show we'll ask you what you thought of the remake in comparison. All Let's right. do that. All right. <laughs> Thank you for coming on the show again, Ryan. We'll have you back next week. Okay. Thanks for the uh, drum roll. Yeah, <laughs> maybe next week we can get that right. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll practice that all week. Yeah, We're going to have drum roll classes. All right, Ryan, you have a good one, and we'll see you back next week. Yep. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about Amazon. We always plug Amazon at this moment in the show. Just like to reiterate... If you really want to help out the show, the best thing you can do, there's two things you can do. You can go to our site at filmpulse.net, click on the Amazon banner on the right side, and shop as you would normally on Amazon. That helps us out a whole bunch. We also have the Film Pulse store located on our site where we have a bunch of the DVDs and Blu-rays of all the movies that we were talking about during the week. Uh, you can also head on over to iTunes and rate and review our podcast. That helps us out tremendously as well. All you got to do is just open up iTunes on your computer, on your phone, on your iPad, whatever. Just type in Film Pulse in the podcast thing and rate us five stars because we're awesome. Uh. Let's, talk about, let's talk about a movie that we saw as a child and we loved. And... I just, the movie that I saw, I just thought it was the best thing ever. But then, later on in life, at some point, a transition occurs where we decide, you know what, I don't know what I was thinking. That was the worst movie I've ever seen. Well, yeah, because, I mean, you got to think back. Like, when I think back of myself, I had the worst taste in everything as a child, pretty yeah. much, except cartoons. And here's what here's what scares me, is I think now... I have really good taste in movies, but, you know, we've been into movies forever. So I'm worried that, like, you know, 20, not 20, maybe 10 years ago, when we thought we had such good taste in movies, no, we, we really didn't. <laughs> so what's going to happen in 10 years from now, when I look back, and I was like, oh, I love Martha, Marcy, May, Marlene. And then you and go back and watch it, and be like, like, man, what's happening? What was I thinking? Talk, do something. So the movie that I picked was 
1994's Ace Ventura Pet Detective. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I'm sure that you Uh, all know this movie. uh, I was was 10 years old when this movie came out, and I loved it. And everybody loved it, as far as I know. Unfortunately, apparently, people did enjoy this movie. Apparently, critics didn't like it because it only got a forty-five percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, if you don't know, Ace Ventura stars Jim Carrey, Courtney Cox, Sean Young, Tone Loke was in it, <laughs> and Dan Marino. <laughs> and Tone Loke, <laughs> and like always, Udo Kier is also in it. And what what to say about this movie? It's about, Jim Carrey plays a pet detective who is investigating the kidnapping of the the Miami Dolphins uh, dolphin, and he goes on this crazy adventure to find this dolphin. Uh, Sean Young plays the police detective that's always kind of bringing him down, and she's crazy in real life, so it kind of fits. And the movie is just filled with bad jokes, just bad, just terrible catchphrases. Everything about it's bad. When you go back and watch it as an adult, you're just like, why did I like this so much? Yes. And I I don't know. I I don't know how to answer that. Yeah. Yeah. Because the main thing I remember from this is the catchphrase. All righty then. Yeah. Oh my god. Now, there are a couple good things um to say about this movie. It wasn't absolutely horrendous in that this movie's what launched Jim Carrey's career. If it wasn't for this movie, we probably wouldn't be seeing Jim Carrey in in anything, and I actually do like Jim Carrey. Oh, I was going to say yeah. yeah. <laughs> I actually <laughs> I, mean, I I like I mean, I don't like him in everything, but I do like him as an actor. I think he, especially when he, in some of his um, later roles, when he was doing like Eternal Sunshine and and that type of thing, I liked him in the Truman Show. But That's I do, true. I do. I mean, yeah, he was actually really good in uh, I Love You, Philip Morris. Yeah, I don't think anyone yeah, else could have really done that role the way he did. So I'll give it. I'll give that to him. Yeah, I think. Um, I think he. Uh, this was only like his second movie or something um i think he did uh some kind of vampire movie before this yeah and then this is this is right off of um in living color well that's why i was gonna i was gonna tie that in because i remembered when i was little in living color was hilarious yeah and i've seen uh, some things <laughs> you know as an adult why the hell did i ever think that <laughs> stuff was funny yeah in living color um, I just remember seeing Jim Carrey as Fire Marshal Bill mm-hmm. and finding that to be the funniest character ever. You go back to it now and you're just like, what was I thinking? This isn't funny at all. No. And it's like parts of In Living Color like borderline offensive now. Yeah. And just if, anytime I see Fire Marshal Bill now, I just want to like stab my ears forever. It's just, yeah, it's just terrible. It's just terrible. So that's my first entry on the list of shame, Ace Ventura Pet Detective from 1994. That's also my first entry. <laughs> Are you no, serious? Oh, no, I was going to say. 
I, I dropped the ball on this one too. I couldn't think of movies from my childhood. I think I sort of like blocked them all out because so many of them I've never gone back because I do realize that if I would go back and see them, I know that they would be awful. So I try and keep them. Oh, I remember. I have my second one lined up already and, for next month. Well, I try and keep like uh, my memory of them. I don't want to taint it. So I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to go back and see it. <clears throat> but I have one, and this is where I drop the ball, because I have one from like our teenage years. Well, that's okay, too. Okay. So this is, which I don't know if you still really like this movie or not, but this is a movie that we, you know, we saw together. Well, and this is a director that I've grown to hate immensely. <laughs> right. <laughs> Tell me I'm dying of anticipation now. 2001's Waking Life. Ooh. Richard Linklater, yeah. I hate your movies. <laughs> I hate them. When I first saw this, I thought it was the coolest thing. Mostly because of the animation, which mm-hmm. I still think is cool. It's still right. a really good idea. I like how they did that. But all this fucking wax and poetic or philosophical bullshit, the lucid dreaming, which I think is a load of shit. <laughs> I just oh, and you know when we first saw this I thought it was so cool and then when I started dating my wife she would, she wanted to see it because I actually own this damn movie for some reason yeah you do yeah. I remember you bought yeah, it yeah I bought it like an idiot and so I watched it with her and she of course loved it and that was the first time that I was like, I don't know why I really like this movie that much. <laughs> and then I watched it again for a third time. And about 10 minutes into it, I was like, this is awful. I can't do this. It's like watching, it's like sitting at a pretentious bar with like a bunch of undergraduate pretentious assholes and just hearing them talk about the dumbest things in the world. Yeah, with uh, with Linkletter movies, he definitely likes to have the the scenes with two characters talking about different topics. Yes, he really likes to do that. Where it's the the in depth, like the kind of conversations you have when you're with your buddy when you're both really drunk. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, there's a reason that you don't film those. Because if you heard yourself sober, you're like, oh my god, I'm such an asshole. I haven't seen Waking Life since... Do it. Since back when we were, like, you know, really into into that. And I was <laughs> really, really... I still... I would say I still like Linkletter, but the truth of the matter is I haven't seen a Linkletter movie in a long time, so I don't know. I mean, I still love Dazed and Confused... Well, okay. I'll give him that's, that. I do like that's that one. That's the one. But one of the That's the one that that I'll always like. One of the big things is uh, a couple of years later tried watching Slacker. Mm, yeah, see. That that's one that well, you know, that's one that I remember I ordered the Criterion a DVD of that before having seen it. And I only watched it once, and I don't remember if I ever stated that i liked it but that one i was never really on board with. I, if i if i did what you did i would have burned that dvd within the first five minutes i seriously watched the first five minutes of that movie and i was so angry 
I don't think oh, I got movie, rid of it. I don't think a movie has ever angered me that much. Yeah, I got rid of it. It's like slackers like Waking Life, only a million times more boring. Mm-hmm. Well, to me, it's just I don't know. I don't know if this is are, these are things that Linklater himself actually thinks and believes, but it, I don't. To me, it's just like he's philosophically jerking off on camera. It's fucking ridiculous. I um I like the scanner darkly too, I will admit that. And I did watch that I mean that came out in two thousand six and I did watch that several times. So I can say for certain that I do like a scanner darkly. Now I'm not gonna say that it I loved it, but I did I See, did like that it. That was one that I sorta of liked the story and everything, which of course it's not it. It's not his story, so right. Philip K. Dick. Yeah. So, but the only thing I didn't like is they tried the same animation. Right. Exactly. And I don't think it worked. It was. It didn't. It was so distracting when you were trying to watch. That's exactly what I was gonna say. Was that one would have worked a lot better as just the live action rather than having the animation go on top of. And I think on the DVD, they have um, the thing where it's like they have the animation beside like what it looks like, the live action. And it's like, I just want to see that one, <laughs> the live action mm-hmm. one. Like, that's the one I want to watch. Because it, really, when you see the movie, there's no need for it. Like, no, you, you know, it'd be like doing Minority Report or any of the other Philip K. Dick novels that have been turned into movies over the years and, and putting that animation over it, it's just unnecessary. Correct. And, and with the scanner darkly, especially there's not a whole lot of special effects. Mm-hmm. So there's really no point. You don't need it. But yeah, I, I definitely agree with that, but I still do like it. And I remember now I haven't seen tape since back then either. So I don't know if I went back and watched that, if I'd feel differently, I bet I would probably cause it's probably just, Talking about stupid to... topics that the Link Litter loves to talk about, like nothing. Very existential. Oh my god. Uh, and it, what are your thoughts on lucid dreaming? Do you think that you can actually control yeah. your dreams? Yeah. I don't know. I thought a lot of the ideas in Waking Life were kind of interesting, but I can't. When I dream, I forget. I never remember my dreams, hardly. Yeah. And I can't recall if I've ever had a lucid dream. I think that they do exist to a certain extent, but at the same time, you got to wonder when you wake up from a dream and you think you had a lucid dream that you were controlling it, like, were you actually doing it or was that all part of the dream that you had? Yeah, exactly. You're just dreaming. And I mean, like, in Waking Life, that was, like, the ultimate lucid dream. I mean, he was, he couldn't even tell if he was awake or not. And, yeah. It's... And the little, like, the little cues that they said, like, try to flip on a light switch and stuff. And if a light switch doesn't flip on, then you know you're in a dream. And try to read a clock, because you can't tell time in dreams, apparently. Yeah, I'm I just, pretty sure I I had, I've had dreams where I light switch light switches have worked. Yeah, I don't know if I believe all that, but that's interesting. I'll, I might have to go back and watch. But the Waking Life. but the other funny thing is is that I loved Inception, which is based on <laughs> lucid dreaming. Mm-hmm. So 
Whatever. Mm-hmm. There we go. We'll have to see. He, uh, Richard Linkletter actually has a new movie called Bernie coming out. We covered it briefly on the site with um, Jack Black. So we'll see how that. Uh, yeah. It looks like it looks like it's one of his more mainstream. Yeah, I'm pretty much done with him. Things. I'm also bad. Done news. with uh, Tim Burton. Uh, I've come to hate you, Tim Burton. Did Did you see the Dark Shadows trailer? Yeah, that movie looks like the biggest pile of shit. <laughs> I I don't get it. That movie just looks ridiculous to me. I don't know. I don't know what to think about it. Cause at first I was like, oh, this looks terrible, and then I thought, well, maybe it's gonna be like more of a return to form for him because it definitely has the look of a Beetlejuice or an Edward Scissorhands. So maybe. Maybe it's going to go back to his older stuff. That's true. Maybe. I don't know. I'm, I'm, always, I'm always... With Tim Burton, I'm always on the fence. Because I like... I love Beetlejuice. I, that yeah. Was like Beetlejuice so is So awesome. great. Edward Scissorhands. Love that movie. Big Fish. Love that movie. Uh-huh. It's just... It's... His later work with uh, Disney. Planet of the Apes. Horrible. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Oh my not... god, an abomination. <laughs> uh, Alice in Wonderland never that's saw. An, oh, it. that's Those... an abomination too. That is just awful. I think that this the new Frankenweenie remake that he's doing looks like it could go either way for me. I don't know. Uh, Tim Burton. Tim Burton. <laughs> Tim Burton. <laughs> so that's it. Those are two movies that we used to love but now hate. I hate myself for liking Waking Life at one point in life. As do I for liking Ace Ventura. That one's and you know, that one's sort of understandable though. You were a child. Yeah, we were ten. But see, the thing about Waking Life is when we saw that, that's when we were getting really, really heavily into movies. I know. That's so when... I'm just thinking of because of course we were like teenagers at that time. So I'm just imagining there were stupid conversations about movies and stuff. They were probably just <laughs> awful if we went back and heard them. I know. I wish we had a podcast back then so we could just go back and listen and be like, what an idiot. Well, I do. <laughs> I, so I'll stupid. do that with this one next week. Like if I heard probably. this one, I'd be like, this guy's such a dick. <laughs> uh, well, I think that does it for another show. As always, you can head on over to filmpulse.net for the latest film news and reviews. And we want to hear what you have to say. Send us an email at podcast.filmpulse.net. We also have a voicemail line that you can call, leave us a message. If it's not too vulgar, we will <laughs> we'll play it over the, over the air. The number is 206-337-9263. Also, please make sure to rate us and review us on iTunes. Just type in Film Pulse, and we appreciate all those wonderful five-star ratings. For FilmPulse.net, my name is Adam. And I am Kevin. And we will see you on Tuesday for DVD and Blu-ray picks.